0: This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Bill Mayer talks about bringing the gospel to a world and culture that needs to hear it. One body.
1: One
0: body. How can we be better evangelists? One body. One body. What can we learn from young people? One body. Well, let's find out. Bill is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Bill Mayer, and I am
2: so grateful to have him here. By way of introduction, Bill is a man of multiple roles. First, he is a husband, married to Mandy for 13 years, and the father of three children, Thomas, Andrew, and Emma. Bill has taught religion in some aspects since the age of 16. It's amazing. Bill is the Director of Youth Ministry and Religious Education for the Diocese of Salina. Lastly, but some will say, most importantly, Bill is the Head Basketball Coach at Thomas More Prep, Marion High School. So, and from from previous uh, times that he's been on the air, I can also say he's also an awesome role model. You know, I'm always so impressed.
1: I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that that's our introduction. We'll just ju- kind of jump right into it. So do you think that, that most people in our society know of Jesus and, and the gospel message? And we're, we're going this direction because your topic is bringing the gospel to a world and culture that needs to hear it. So do you think most people, people already know about it, or do they still need to hear
1: it? You know, I think uh, when I was growing up, I, I kind of assumed everybody knew the gospel message. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, I grew up in Hayes, and Hayes felt really, really Catholic. It felt like everybody was Catholic. Yeah. Um, I went to Hayes High, and at the time, Hayes High felt like everybody was Catholic. My teachers were all Catholic. I would see them in church or, or around. Um, and to, to some of us, we think that where you grow up is what everywhere is going to be like. And so then it wasn't so much about spreading the gospel message or introducing people to Christ, it was just about talking about what everybody knew and also just assuming people were growing on their own with that kind of knowledge. And uh, um, I listened to a speaker uh, in, in Washington this, this last uh, year, this last April, and one of the things he talked about, and it really freed up my mind quite a bit, was we are now in a missionary society where people don't know who Christ is, and don't know the good news, and they don't know the message of Catholicism, and we have to go out and take it to our neighbors and to people in our community. We have to bring that out to other people. And it struck me that that is such a different way of looking at stuff, because, you know, again, I'm a basketball guy, so I look at things, you're either defensive or you're offensive, and actually it freed me quite a bit to say, it's time for us to go out into a society that needs to hear about Christ, and to aggressively bring that message to everybody we meet, and not assume that they know Um, And I think we can tell in our society that a lot of people don't know that. When you look at the depression rate right now and the suicide rate and how many people are seeking drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is to to try to take away pain, we would say there are a lot of people that we have an obligation as as Christians to go out and invite them and and, uh, help them to see the truth about who they are and how valuable they truly are.
2: And, and and so how do you see that playing out? I, I agree with you that it's so important, but how do you see it playing out?
1: I, I think we need to go find the same energy that the early church had in in the way that it spread the good news. And, and uh, I don't think that our society is a whole lot different than early Rome. I think we've put our trust in money. We've put our trust in power. We've put our trust in, in nations and in, in all sorts of things. And I think in a way we would say we worship these as pagan gods just like the early Romans did. And that's who they put their trust in. But the pagan gods did not care about the people. And the message of Christianity was, hey, here's a God who loves you, values you, who instead of you dying for them, he died for you so that you may spend eternity with him. And that message was well received in Rome, which is eventually why Rome is converted to Christianity. And I think we're in a world where We're in a similar situation, and we could have that same energy and and spread that good news to people that need to hear it. I think... It's not easy because there were plenty of martyrdoms and a lot of bad that went along with that too. But if we truly care about other people, then we can't keep our mouth shut and we have to go aggressively evangelize and spread the good news.
2: You know, and that's really what what we say that we'll do at the end of each Mass when we have the sending, right? You know, we're, we're saying we'll go and spread the, the good news. We, yeah. we will do that. And, and so we're all committing to that. I just think sometimes we, me, you know, I forget.
1: It's, it's kind of funny because we kind of sometimes laugh a little bit at um, the Jehovah Witness or or someone who walks around town and evangelizes door to door. But in all reality, we, we really shouldn't laugh. We should say, why are we not doing the same thing? Right. And and there's a lot to overcome with that. Sometimes those conversations are uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes people aren't ready to receive that. And and we got to overcome our own insecurities at times yeah. to spread that. Yeah. Um, but I also think, again, if if we want to fix our society and make it a culture that is once again good for the human person, then we are going to have to go out there and evangelize to to everybody.
2: What was the latest study about, you know, how many people – said so they're Christian. I, I I don't remember what it was, but it was startling. I it remember. is
1: absolutely startling. Yeah. Um, now, I, I am assured that there are good trends coming. But again, we got to capitalize that. Um, one of the things with the Gen Z, which is the next generation, is they do consider themselves highly spiritual, but they're not affiliated with any religion, and they're not affiliated necessarily with a God, but they understand spiritual aspects. And again, that's a group that is searching for truth, mm-hmm. that we sometimes stay away from that uh, could be a very dynamic group for our church and and for for the world.
2: I I think that's a really good point because you know we we tend to think oh gosh you know this kind of some kind of crazy spirituality you know but but it really is somebody that's searching. I think your point is is very valid and and you know should be shouted from the the rooftops that you know they're they're searching and that is that is really a, a great opportunity to evangelize.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, if we look at it through our day, we'll have a lot of encounters in different places yeah. um, and, uh, and sometimes they even start out as a negative encounter where someone might say something negative to you because of your expression of faith or something. But a lot of times, and I especially working with young people, that initial challenge is do you actually believe this and is it actually true? Yeah. And, and kids will challenge. You and I get to some basketball, too, when we come out and we say something, and, and I'm going to meet with an automatic you know, challenge. But that's them testing to see, do you really believe? And, and uh, um, so I think we can't be hesitant to push past that first challenge a little bit and, and continue to show them you know, what we truly believe in.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where you shine. I really do. I, I, you know, I don't get to see you on the basketball court. I just see you here in the studio. But, but I just, I, my opinion is that's where you shine. Is is really, you know, just not getting all flustered or defensive if they come at you, but really just being, you know, God to those to those students and and athletes that you're working with.
1: It it is amazing, and I tell people, you know, and I taught in a classroom. Oftentimes, I feel like. I can teach theology better in practice and in in, in a season than I can in a game. And part of that is kids are engaged and they're interested part of it is you know basketball is so related to the game of life yeah. that there's life lessons all over the place but uh, but it is amazing and, and that's where I think in the real world it, it's just really hard sometimes to teach faith and faith growth yeah. in a classroom it has to be in the real world it has to be um, our bishop is real big with the word accompanying and and that's really what it has to be it has to be people who are willing to journey with other people you know you think back to the early church and to get into the church um, and we still do this a little bit with confirmation with a sponsor but you had to have someone who spoke for you and it took years a couple years to get into the church and mm-hmm. someone had to walk with you and teach you the teachings and speak for you and say that you were worthy of being brought into the church. Yeah. Um and and uh again, you know sometimes I think we're always looking for the easiest way to evangelize, whether it's hey this sweet social media post is going to catch them and they're going to be Christian from this point on, or, Hey, read this book. It's, it's so great that you're going to be Christian from that point on. But what really converts hearts is a continual accompanying and answering questions and encouragement. Um, those are where you actually see some of the, the conversions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and just somebody saying, you know, I want what you've got, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and really just, you know, modeling that. And then they wonder, you know, and, and, you know, I want what you've got. And, and then that relationship forms.
1: That That's true, too. And Pope Francis is real big on this. Uh, sometimes Christianity is walked around like, oh, I got to go to mass on Sunday. Oh, I got to say a rosary. <laughs> yeah. um, but but if we were joyful about the gift of what we have, people would want to come with us. I always tell our basketball kids, you know, if we do what we're supposed to do, people are going to want to wear TMP shirts and people are going to want to come sit in our, our stands yeah. because people want to join a winning group and be a part of something that's successful. And uh, if we walk around with big smiles on our face and Christian joy, people are going to want to do that right now. They're turning to the internet and they're looking for bad stuff to try to find it. They're yeah. turning to drugs and alcohol to try to find it. They're turning towards, you know, meditation and all sorts of other things. The world is saying, you'll finally find this stuff. Um, they're looking for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that we could do a better job of being joyful Christians yes. and, and telling them, Come join us. You know, yes. we're we're pretty excited about where we're at. Yeah. I
2: I love that. I really do. And you know, I, I keep thinking so I'm gonna just tell this personal story because it just keeps coming to my mind. I try not to talk too much, but, but you know, when you were talking about the door knocking, you know, and, and it really hit home for me when you said that because I grew up, I wasn't Catholic. I grew up in a very Hispanic neighborhood, so there were Catholic churches everywhere. I wanted to go to church. I really did. My parents didn't take me, so I would go with whoever would take me. So I, you know, I went to the Assembly of God. I went to the Christian. I went to the Lutheran. I went to, you know, anybody that would take me, I would go not a single catholic ever invited me until i met my husband not a single one and you know what what a shame because a lot of my friends you know we didn't really talk religion but a lot of them were catholic i now know you know and they had the sacred heart and the immaculate heart on their walls i had no idea what it was you know i just i didn't know you know you don't know what you don't know and uh you know i thought i now think what a shame because if one of them just would have asked me I would have gone, because that was what I wanted. I was searching too, and, and uh, you know, I, I think that's where we fall short as Catholics is, you know we're, we're we think we're pros, what is it proselytizing whatever the word is yeah. you know and, and you know instead of inviting and, and encouraging and and uh, so I, I agree with you there. I,
1: I think that's somewhere where our younger generations are going to help us because they're pretty good about you know one of the best things is when they eat somewhere that is awesome they're on their social media immediately texting everybody and telling everybody hey you got to <coughs> eat at this place or when they go listen to some concert or music they go tell everybody yeah. um, and, and you can look at it and Entire industry built on that um, with influencers and those sort of things. Um, I think that they are better at sharing good things than, than we are as an older generation. Um, where it was kind of, you know, when I grew up. We get the speech sometimes headed to uh, uh, family things like don't talk about this or this or this, you know, (laughs) and and peace was important. And I get that. Um, But I I feel like we're at a place and I think that younger generation is just Mm -hmm. really, really good about when when they find something that's true. They shout it from the mountaintops and they make sure everybody knows. And uh, and I think that's going to help us.
2: Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I Oh, my gosh, you have so much good information. All right, so let's go back here. So why are you optimistic about how the gospel message would be received in the current culture? I think you just kind of answered that, but yeah. let's talk about it some more.
1: And, and I, I just think that uh, it's kind of, uh, and again, I, I oftentimes think in athletic terms, it's kind of like when a team that has lost for years and years and years, and there's muck and mess and all those sort of things, and someone brings in some truth – they're ready to follow it, and I think where our culture is a place where it knows, and and most everybody you talk to knows, it's not good for the human person. It's obviously having terrible results out there as far as, again, we talked about the suicide rate, um, addictions, uh, overdoses, all those sort of things. I think everybody knows we need a solution. Um, and so I think it's ready to hear some truth. Uh, are we ready to deliver that? Are we ready to do the hard work of going to everybody in our community and everybody we encounter and spreading the gospel message? That That's the question. But I think that You know, you talk about good soil. I think it's there. We got to plant the seed, and then we've got to do the work to grow it.
2: All right. So, what what's your opinion? Do you think that the culture can be converted to Catholicism? We see numbers going down, down, down right now, right? So, can we can we turn that around?
1: I I do think so, Um, and I think this is where history helps us. I think one, we can look at the Israelites and their journey all the way through the Old Testament, and I think that uh, you know, so many great, mighty civilizations tried to knock out the Israelites. And uh, because of their faith in God and because of their adherence to the law that kept them away from assimilating to those cultures, they were able to battle their way through that. But then we've also seen some cultures be converted even in the last 2000 years. Rome is a great example. And Rome was mighty, powerful, a God itself in some ways. And its Roman leader was a God itself in, in its own way. And we watched those gods fall and we watched Christianity build and spread throughout the entire world. We've seen other things throughout history, you know, the Dark Ages and, and different things that were, you know, Catholicism came down and then came back out and expanded. I, I think it can, and I think we have history that shows us. And again, I think it's not so much about the culture. It's not so much about um, what's going on. It's about us, and are we willing to go out and evangelize um, and, and to, uh, to bring people to Catholicism? And, and that's just, again, it's just one of those where again, I was raised as be peaceful, don't cause conflict. Uh, and, and we're going to have to have a little conflict and we're going to have to have some different ideas. But again, if we care about people, we have to have those, those discussions and, and, uh, and people are seeking truth. So I, I do think history supports the fact that this culture right now can be overcome. And when you look at it, 12 guys in a room, 12 people in a room, Mm -hmm. they go out and they tell everybody they meet and those people go out and tell everybody they meet and those people go out and tell everybody they meet and the entire world was converted. There is no reason why when we, our numbers may be dwindling, but our numbers are huge and perfectly capable of evangelizing to the entire world. It's us and we have to do our part. We we do talk a lot about martyrdom because maybe it's not red, but it is in some parts in the in the world yes, right now. Yes. Um, but but it is definitely the white martyrdom yeah. and and we're experiencing that in a lot of ways already. Yep. And uh, and we instead of being feeling sorry for ourselves, we got to be excited to be part of that. Yes. But I think the other part of it too is and this is a good thing for us, we're going to have to thicken our skin a little bit. And we're going to have to be able to handle a little bit of criticism and some people who are not going to like the message, and uh, and again, if you care what the world thinks and if you care what other people think, it's going to be really really hard to to evangelize the people, but then also to live out the Catholic faith yourself. And so I think some of these times are good for us because they do thicken our skin, make us a little bit tougher. I can tell you that in the last three years, my skin's gotten a lot thicker as far as evangelization, those sort of things, and that was necessary because I wasn't there when I needed to be there, you know. Um, so we, got, we just got to get a little bit thicker and learn how to handle some, some criticism and uh, and smile and enjoy uh, being a part of, of some of that martyrdom.
2: Yeah. Kind of a, a – what comes to my mind, a, a thicker heart – a, or a thicker skin and a softer heart, you mm-hmm. know, and, and really, you know, because I think sometimes, too, when we get that thicker skin, maybe – you know we get a little judgmental or we get a little haughty or we get a little you know fill in the the blank and you know if we can if we can balance that with a thicker skin and very open heart and very charitable conversations and and just really putting it out there in a in a loving manner and trying to be christ to everyone that we meet i think that's where the key comes in
1: i think that's a great point because uh your thicker skin can come with a harder heart. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the words I always, and I'm not perfect at it, I got to get better at it, but no. the words that always kind of go through my mind is when you do have one of those situations, uh, you know, Jesus' words of forgive them for they know not what they do, and, and St. Stephen's words of forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, we just have to remember that a lot of what happens is not, they, they don't understand and they don't know. And, uh, and, uh, we don't want to be a someone we can convert someone even through a martyr's death. And a lot of people were converted through that. And so, uh, you know, we just want to be careful that we have soft hearts, like you said, and, and thick skin. Yeah. I
2: love it. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's see. Why is it important for us to label our culture a missionary culture? Oh, what a question, right?
1: Yeah. I think, again, this is a mindset flip for me, um, OK, so when you're working with kids, in, especially in athletics, easy to get them to work on offense. They all want to go score. They all want to work on shooting. They all want to do those things. Yeah. Really, really hard to get them to work on defense. Uh, it's not fun. There's not a lot of glory in it. It's hard work. Um, and it takes a lot of physical toughness. They don't want to work on that. I understand that. Uh, we're not a whole lot different, though. If we go around and we say, "And oh, man, the church is dwindling, we've got to protect what's left of the church and we got to defend it from all sorts of things, then that that's really pretty tough for us. And it causes a lot of battles and it's a lot of frustration. But if we look at it like let's go play offense and go find people to join the church and go engage people outside the church and go have these great conversations and show them through acts of love and, and service um, what, what Christianity is about – I think we could enjoy the process a lot more, and I think it would be a lot more effective. You can play defense as well as you possibly can in a basketball game. And as much as my, my kids are going to listen to this, and they're going to laugh at me when I say this, but you can't win a game with defense. Yeah. Because 0-0, zero, zero, if both teams play great defense and neither can score, yeah. uh, then you still didn't win. But you can win a game scoring. Yeah. And and same for us. I think. It's easier for us to think about hey let's let's go serve at the you know St. Joseph's food pantry, let's go serve at this place. let's go show you know, our great love, let's donate here, let's pray in public somewhere. let's do the those those things are are uh, things that can really catch people and and I think it's a lot easier for us to be an offensive mining group than the defensive mining group.
2: What stops us? you know what holds us back? What stops us from sharing the gospel with others?
1: You know, I, I think this is something that's different for each of us. Um, again, I think some people have that inerrant uh, message of like, let's just be peaceful people. And uh, and there's a value to that as well. Um, we don't want to be people that are just going around there always causing conflict in places because then you start to harden their hearts and those sort of things. So I think that's part of it. Part of it is I think it's a skill and you have to learn how to effectively evangelize and uh I think that's sometimes difficult, and some people are really good at it. Um, and I know some people are really good at just walking in and just, you know, getting into the conversation. And all of a sudden, they're teaching great evangelization things. And uh, and I know some people it's very awkward and difficult. And so I think, but I also think it's a skill that as we practice more, we get better at. And and so I think you know our fear of rejection, which is just such a, a crippling uh, fear that that so many of us have. Oftentimes will keep us from that, you know. I always talk about our our guys. Again, they're going to have to ask a girl out on a date, and and I realize now it's probably through a text message, but you're still going to feel some rejection. Uh, they they don't know the awkwardness of of going across the dance floor to ask a girl to dance with them.
2: Yeah.
1: But again, No, oh,
2: it's a different world. It's it's a, it? it's a oh different world. Yeah.
1: And in a lot of ways, we've worked really really hard to not deal with rejection. And when you look at all these dating sites and stuff, you don't actually feel so, you know, I, I don't know much about it, thanks be to God, but uh, the swipe left, swipe rights, whatever, you get a list of people who have already said, yeah, I'm okay with having a date with you. So when you engage with that, you know, you're not going to get rejected. Mm-hmm. And and same way with our kids, you know, they'll send a text message or they'll have, a, it's still the old thing where the friend will ask, would you be willing, again, just, everything we do in our society to avoid a rejection. And again, I think this is why you get so many emails for sales, because salespeople don't want rejected. And, and it's just where we've created a society where we're so afraid of being rejected that we do everything we possibly can to avoid it. And uh, and and if we have a fear of rejection, that's gonna make it really, really tough to bring the gospel message out, especially when you talk about the martyrs, there is gonna be rejection to the message.
0: We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Bill Mayer about bringing the gospel to a world and culture that needs to hear it.
1: One body
0: creation we're back on one body stewarding god's creation
1: one body, one body.
0: Bringing the gospel to a world and culture that needs to hear it
1: one body, one
0: body. with Bill Mayer Body, God's creation. Kelly Roper conducts the interview.
2: We are talking with Bill Mayer, talking about the the topic is bringing the gospel to a world and culture that needs to hear it, we can just look around and know how true that statement is. And and uh, so we are talking about ways that, that we can do that. So let's jump right into the ways. We've talked about the need for it. So what are some of the effective ways that we can do that? You've talked about them, some kind of yeah. interspersed, but do you wanna talk specifically sure. about others?
1: Um, I, I think first and foremost, I think Catholic radio is an excellent mm. form of evangelization. It is amazing to me how just driving across town with the Catholic radio station on, the Holy Spirit gets a chance to plant a little nugget in your mind or almost exactly what you need to hear at the right time. And, and then also, you know, people have really been their knowledge base has grown tremendously through listening programs like Catholic Answers and those sort of things. And, and uh, um, so I think Catholic Radio is just an excellent, awesome way to, to evangelize. And I've seen its impact in Western Kansas and what it's already started to do in Salina and excitement about Colby and, and Great Bend and, yeah. and those sort of things. And so I think that's, that's one way that uh, is very effective. Um, and it's easy too, to just say, you know what, you've got some questions about the faith just turn on the radio at this time. They're going to answer some questions and uh, just just listen. You don't even have to be aggressive or fight them or anything. It's just, hey, just just listen to this. And and then as they start to hear the depth and the knowledge and the truth of our faith, it is amazing how we get out of the way and we just let the Holy Spirit work through the Catholic radio and the message to them.
2: I agree. You know, I even had somebody tell me once that they went and got you, know, you can get those business cards really cheap, right? You know, a mm-hmm. hundred, you know, a thousand for ten dollars or something. You know, and and they had um, business cards made that said Catholic Radio with the the call letters, so they knew where to find it, and then had like Catholic Answers one p.m. or, or yep. whatever it was, and and they could just hand them to people, and they weren't able to really communicate their faith. They weren't, you know, they didn't have that ability to really be an apologist you know it just wasn't in them but they were in that way because they could give the card and say why don't you call catholic answers and ask that question and you know how cool is that you know for for those that that don't feel comfortable sharing the faith that's one way that that we can do it kind of like sending that text message you want to go on a date right you know
1: i think i think just conversations i think is another way uh when you do get a chance to engage in someone and it it's just uh, one of those deals where even certain things like saying "Praise be the Lord" or something is is something good happens. Again, that that's kind of something where people will catch it and they'll be like, huh, that's interesting. Instead of, you know, "Or all glory be God or thy will be done or any of these sort of things that kind of allude to the way you believe and what you understand. I think later on, people think about those things a little bit. So I think just allowing your faith to actually come out in conversations with people is is very, very effective. Um, It's amazing how much people listen. And sometimes we don't think they do. And it's amazing how many times six months later, I'll have a conversation with someone and they'll say, you know, you said this tiny microscopic little thing a long time ago when you didn't think I was listening. And that has stuck with me for six months. And it's it's amazing how um, some of those little things uh, uh, can make a difference. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so I think freeing ourselves up to say in all our conversations, yeah. uh, go ahead and say, hey, praise be to God when, when you're blessed and, and go ahead and say, when things are bad, I, you know, thy will be done, we, we trust God, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think those things are important ways to, to evangelize. And, yeah. and I, th- I also think the other way is, is praying for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, We've, we've lost that a little bit, and, uh, and we need to spend a lot of time in our day uh, praying for other people, people we have conflict with, people who maybe have a hardness of heart that aren't coming to the faith. Yeah. Um, we need to spend time praying and allowing those graces to be given to them so that their hearts might be softened. Uh, I, I heard a long time ago that when someone stands up and yells and screams, and we could talk like basketball or anything else, that uh, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pray for them. Because... Mm-hmm. You need to not have frustration or anger, and so it's good for you, but they need those graces as well. Um so there's a softening or or whatever's going on in their life, most of the time when they're reacting that way, it means something's going on in their life and they they don't know how to ask for prayers, but that's what they're asking for. and, yeah. and, uh, and so you know, us as parents, we've we've got to pray for our kids. Grandparents have to pray for their kids and their grandkids, and uh, we need to pray for our communities and our neighbors. Yeah. And, uh, and and I think that it's not active evangelization. But in a lot of ways, it's more effective, and we could get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work. And uh, and and it's important.
2: You know, and sometimes it's just the real simple, simple things like "Come, Lord Jesus," or mm-hmm. um, "Come, Holy Spirit." You know, I do that one a lot. You know, just you know, "Come, Holy Spirit," and then let the Holy Spirit come, you know, really get out of the way and just let let that happen. And, you know, so when you're in those situations, that's often maybe the, the prayer is, you know, just come Holy Spirit, you know, teach me what I need to do and help this other person. And, and, you know, just really let that happen. And I was also thinking when you were talking about just saying those little things, you know, right now, so many of our... our um, uh, clerks at the stores say happy holidays, yeah, and smile and say merry Christmas, yep. you know. And 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 you know, you're evangelizing, you're not trying, you know. Some people, I guess, might say you're being a smart aleck, you know, but but to me, it's just really an evangelization, it's not a holiday, just a holiday, merry Christmas, yep. you know. And and so, I, I don't know, I, I.
1: I, I agree 100% with you. It's our job is to wish people Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so so we can't stop doing that because it's not politically correct. But right. uh, I, I also think I drive up and down interstate a lot now, and yeah. I'm in a truck a lot, and I think about. We don't necessarily always think about the people we're around and what's going on in their lives. And, and, you know, you pass a bunch of vehicles or vehicles pass you and every single one of them has a story, something going on in their life, something great. They might be going for something great or there might be something bad that they're going for. They might be running late and they're stressed. They might be trying to waste time to get there. Just they are all got a different story. And I think about, you know, how much each of us need prayers in this world and how all of our lives at some level have difficulties or frustrations or those sort of things. And, and, uh, if we spent more time, you know, praying for each other and encouraging each other and less time fighting each other and withdrawing from each other, uh, the world would be a lot better place. And, and, uh, and so I think that's one of the ways that we can do that. So, you know, one of the things that we do in life is when we want to go be successful, at whatever we're doing, we go find the people who are successful yes. and we learn from them and we look at what they did that was successful and we follow it. So in basketball, um, even though I get booed and hissed when I say this, I'm a big Coach K fan.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I do like Bill Self. And, and when I got into coaching and, and all, local people too that uh, were mentors of mine as well, I went and sought out those those people and to see what they had done and to see what I could learn from them. And I think that's the awesomeness of our Catholic faith is we start to think and change our mindsets and to be an aggressive evangelizer. We're going to say, well, who can we go to and who can we look to to help us become better evangelizers? Because we're maybe not very good at it right now, and maybe we're really uncomfortable with it. So, so let's go find some people and see what they did to be successful with spreading the faith. And, uh, and so St. Ambrose comes to mind. You know, and St. Ambrose, you know, is a bishop that, that stands up to incredible authority and continues to speak the truth. Yeah. But he also has a really, really remarkable effect On on somebody, and because of that effect on him, we have all sorts of things in the church. Mm -hmm. And and so, the accompanying piece, the willingness to stand up for truth, no matter where it takes or whatever it causes you, and then that lifelong impact um, from there on. And so, um, St. Ambrose is always one, and, and oftentimes, in my role as a coach or my role as a teacher, I've had parents say like, oh, man, you know, I'm St. Monica. I got to get out of the way. Uh, I need an Ambrose to work with my Augustine. And uh, and so I think that... Uh, that's a really cool saint and a cool thing that uh, – that's the name of the trivia winner. So. Yeah,
2: that is. That's very cool. Very cool. So what are some of the other saints that, that you really look to as as role models in helping us to to live out this gospel message and to spread it?
1: I, I, I like to look at uh, St. Stephen. We mentioned him earlier. And, and part of that is, you know, St. Stephen's martyrdom one gives us a, an impact of forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Yeah. But but since St. Paul or Saul at the time is present and, and is part of this, you know that that continued, his witness continued to work on uh, Paul as he went through the rest of his life. Yeah. And, uh, and St. Paul becomes, he, he's another one on the list as well. And oftentimes we think of St. Paul as like, let's go be confrontational and aggressive. But, you know, St. Paul is also incredibly welcoming but the other aspect of St. Paul that I really like is he embraced truth and he overcame pride. And, uh, and, and mm-hmm. people miss that sometimes, St. Paul, but, you know, he's a Pharisee and he's a leader of Pharisees and he is aggressively going to put down the Christian the new way. Yeah. And then he is confronted with truth. And he has to walk back all of that, and everybody knows what he was and what he said, and so he has to walk that all back and say, no, I found a different truth, and I'm going to follow it with my entire life. That's hard for people to do, Um, and and that humility to be able to say, I was wrong, now we need to follow a different direction is incredible, and everywhere he went... People knew what he used to be. And that sometimes stops us, too, because as Christians, people will say, well, I knew Bill back when he was whatever. Yeah. And I, Bill's not going to tell me what to do because I know him when he was doing this and that. Yeah. And we, we let that bother us. And, and Paul had that same kind of baggage. And people knew who he was and who he used to be. But again, through his humility, he was able to say, that was me but thanks be to Christ, that is no longer me. Mm. And uh, and he could have let that stop him. And I think there's something there for the world that we need to look at. And then he's welcoming to all, which is also a very important aspect too. And, and uh, the entire world is what he wanted to evangelize and work to evangelize. And I think that St. Paul has a, just a beautiful message for us if we're going to be good evangelists of those things.
2: You know, I've never really thought of it quite in, in that way. So what a what a great meditation you're giving to each and every one of us you know because often you know whenever we we give up our you know worldly ways or at least try to you know work work towards a little bit better right getting a little bit better we have these little voices from the evil one you know saying oh kelly you know you you really can't do that you you remember when you know you did this and i think you know saint paul probably went through that
1: and it is tough but again we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get a little thicker skin, even with yeah. ourselves. I also think, yeah. you know, because kids deal with that all the time, too. And I deal with it, too. Yeah. Like you said, um, I think the St. Michael prayer is a beautiful mm-hmm. prayer when you start get haunted from past stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, your guardian angel prayer is a great prayer at those yes. times, too. Or even just simply, you know, I place my trust in you. Uh, uh, those are things because... Definitely. And and that that goes back to, I think, Satan's fear of us becoming good evangelizers. He knows that if Mm -hmm. we do this, that there's nothing he can do. And so I think right now he's running around trying to keep everybody buried as much as he can, because he knows the second that we... Decide we want to go change his culture and and to uh, evangelize to others. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. I, I sometimes put up a clip when I'm talking with people of the Wizard of Oz because I mean that essentially uh, is is Satan. He's behind the curtain. He's running the things. It looks ferocious and all sorts of stuff. Then the dog opens up the screen, and everybody realizes he's just a guy standing back there. And he's really powerless. And uh, uh, I think that helps us a little bit when we deal with those things.
2: Love that. Love that. Oh, what a a great... visualization there for for that and and so you do that in your classroom you have the,
1: the i do I, I cut the little yeah. clip out and i show it now most yeah. of our kids have not watched the wizard of oz so uh. <laughs> even though we're from kansas it's yeah. just you know, it's not something they're going to watch but yeah. they do recognize and understand what that imagery is and and uh so it works
2: it is a different world. They haven't watched the Wizard of Oz. What in the world? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That that yeah.
1: Part of it is it's over 4 minutes long, which is about the attention span on all their YouTube videos and stuff. So so it's too long.
2: Okay, so where else do we go with saints? I, I
1: think another good one for us is St. Uh, Teresa of Calcutta. Okay. And and here's what I think too. People who are not Christian will look at how she lived her life and what she did. And we'll have a tremendous amount of respect for her because she got into the the poorest of the poor and she served and loved those that <clears throat> no one else in the world served or loved. No matter what, we respect and we value that. Now we can take that a step further and we can say she got a platform and an opportunity to speak to kings and presidents because she served the poor. And that's what allowed her. And so for us, you know, we want to go out there and change the world at, at maybe an argumental level or an intellectual level, it's not going to matter until we roll up our sleeves mm-hmm. and we go serve other people, yeah. and that's what actually gives us credit as Christians. Hey, we'll listen to these people because when we needed help, they were there for us. Yeah. When when uh, when someone else needed something, we saw them all show up and give up their time to go help them. So so we're going to listen these people because we know that they're going to serve and help others. Yeah. Same way with Jesus, you know, he came to serve and and leadership. You don't even want to get me started on leadership in in the wrong direction we go right now. But leadership has always been about can you serve the people you lead, not have them serve you? Mm -hmm. And, uh, And Mother Teresa gave us just a beautiful example of if you will go out and serve the poor and the needy and those who no one else cares about, it's going to give you a chance to evangelize. But here's the other thing, too. How many souls, because of her kindness and the way her sisters and her serve them, ended up in heaven because at that last moment, they saw that and their hearts were changed. And I I do think our young people are service-minded. I don't think they're afraid to go help people. I think they want to be helpful people. So again, I think that's a good group that we can tap into. We have to continue to encourage them because it's not necessarily something that uh, the world values, but I think she gives us a great formula of go serve people. The other thing too is just in a world where the elderly, the homeless, the unborn, the people we don't like, how they don't have any value to us. She shows us totally contrary, the homeless, the poor, the unborn, the elderly, every single human soul has value and dignity and deserves to be treated a certain way. And our world needs that, that witness. And so we need to do the same thing. Um, we need to not develop a hardness of heart as we see more poverty coming in our society. We need to seek that out and go uh, uh, serve those people.
2: So important, and we all are are filling the the pinch of the economy, right? But yet we're still called to share. You know, it, it in you know maybe it means that that we have to give up some of the what we didn't really consider to be luxuries, but but they really are far luxuries to others. You know, and and so we just need to realize that that you know we have been given much, and that you know yeah. we need to to share in that.
1: I think there's a lot of generosity still out there. You know, Giving Thursday or Giving Tuesday yeah. was huge around the country, yeah. and and it's awesome in an economy like we're in. Yeah. That Giving Tuesday was was so awesome. Even the fact that so much support for the Catholic radio station, and, and again, our economy, really shows. People that that have their values correct and they're willing to sacrifice for good things and and I think that that helps us a lot too to you know God can become a money or, you know money can become a God for us and I think those are things that uh, can help us with that.
2: So we want to talk about more saint role models or somewhere else. Yeah,
1: I, I think um, the the last two I kind of put down and to think about is is Saint Joseph and Saint Mary mm-hmm. and uh, and I just think especially we're in Advent, we're headed towards Christmas. Yeah. I think just what beautiful role models for us. St. Joseph, you know, he's he's got a couple different titles. Uh, the Worker, which I think is is part of it for us. Uh, I like Terror of Demons. I mean, that's, that's an awesome title. Yeah, we yeah, use that with so our good. young men a lot yeah. to get them captured. Yeah. But again, you got to look at a guy who one of the biggest things for us to get out of the way to be good evangelizers is our pride. Mm-hmm. And you look at St. Joseph and his humility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at a lot of different things. The fact that he doesn't speak a word in gospel, in the gospel. The fact that he went and provided for Mary and Jesus and, and uh, was kind of in the background of those sort of things. But at the same time was obviously mentoring Jesus as he was growing up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the humility of people are going to look at me funny if I stay with Mary, people are going to judge, people are going to say, and he was able to overcome those things. Um, just just an incredible model for us in humility and work and uh, quiet evangelization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mary, obviously, she spends her entire life and still today pointing others to her son. That's, that's her entire life. Um, no ego. It's not about her, it's about her son. and I love how in in churches when you go in there and you see a Mary statue, um, she's looking at Jesus, she's pointing towards Jesus and all the great paintings, the same thing is that's her whole life. She's given us a great model of put your trust in God and it's not me. It's it's God, yeah. and uh, and even sometimes you see an evangelization, and I see this somewhere. Uh, all of a sudden, it becomes, "Well, I'm such a great speaker." Well, I am so whatever, and it becomes not about who you're pointing them to. It becomes about you. Yeah. It's it's you know, Satan is pretty tricky and does a pretty good job of making that an issue. Mm-hmm her whole life has nothing to do with her. It is simply pointing and she spends still today praying for us, encouraging us to find her son and pointing us to her son. And uh, as I've gotten older, the rosary has become such a huge thing for me. Um, And every single one of those mysteries, you can feel Mary saying, your answer is my son. Your answer is my son. Go talk to my son. Go seek my son. And, uh, And so I just think those two, especially with the Christmas season, sometimes we get some ideas of it must have been easy for them, it must have been I mean, it was tough for them as they were uh, going through those times, just great role models to us, uh, yeah. an evangelization, as they brought Jesus to the world together.
2: Such, such great, uh, great information, great things for us to, to think about and, and really, you know just using them as our role models and, and really intentionally bringing the gospel to those that we that we meet and and so i really love your message we only have about four minutes left so i want to make sure that that i give you time to to kind of wrap things up and, and really you know just highlight whatever it is that you want our listeners to to know
1: yeah i think you know just just one of the things i, I guess i would say is is I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anybody else, yeah. and I'm trying to encourage myself to become a better evangelizer, and I'm looking for some teammates to go along with, and uh, and you know I think the first thing we always got to do is we've got to fix ourselves and take mm-hmm. care of ourselves. So there's a growth aspect that we all all got to do. We can't take it to others if we don't have it ourselves. Yeah. And so there's a challenge if we want to be a good evangelizer. We have to grow um, in holiness ourselves and continue down that road. Yeah. But I also think that uh, it's easier when there's numbers that are going to go with us, mm. and uh, and I think we're just at a point in our society where we can no longer sit back. The human person is getting destroyed all over the place, bullying social media. Again, we talk the addictions that are going on, the suicides. We cannot sit back any longer. We need to bring out the truth and the answer to others and uh, and we need to pray for and encourage them in their journey towards towards God. And that's a that's a worthy life right there. When we when we die if we say, man, we spent our lifetime trying to bring the gospel message and Jesus to others, we're going to be okay with that when we die. That's that's a worthy life of of living. Yeah, I've gotten in the habit of telling people and I have to tell myself this too. You can't add value to yourself yeah. because you are loved by God, you know, created by God. Your value is not movable. It is so high and so perfect that we spend a lot of time in our life trying to add value to ourselves, but we we don't need to. Uh, It doesn't matter what your house lives, what vacations you go on. None of that matters. But you do see a lot of people who obviously we see they don't understand that because they are trying to add value to their life and create value. So we need to go to them and say, hey, you know, don't be so stressed about those things your value is in Christ. And that's a great starting point, And maybe that's a great finishing point is when we see people like that, it's, it's hey, you don't got to worry about those things. You are loved no matter what. Win a game, lose a game. You're loved by God. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great message to bring.
2: All right. Well, we are, we are at the end of our hour. It went very quickly.
0: I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Bill Mayer. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Folks, heaven is unseen, and so are these airwaves. However, if you want to save unseen souls for heaven, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, pardon not your hearts. One One body creation